Please listen carefully. Hi, I'm Paul Frields. And I'm Dave Guzman. And welcome to Practical Bass, where each week we pick a topic of interest to you, the working bass player. We dissect it and look at it from a couple points of view and hopefully shed some light on ways that you can make your gear and your gigs operate at the next level. Uh, we do invite you to get in touch with us. You can do that via our website, practicalbase.com. You can email us directly at podcast at practicalbase.com. We love to get email from our listeners. Please don't be shy. Reach out to us. And even if it's just to say hello, but we also uh, would greatly appreciate if you have topics you would like us to go into in an upcoming episode, let us know. We're always happy to do that. I would love to get some listener mail powered topics in this season. We have a, we have a nice slate of episodes, but we would love to be able to interrupt that and, and uh, interrupt your regularly scheduled podcast to bring you uh, some topic of, of interest to you all out there. Of course you can find us on basically every platform, but you can also find us on social media at Instagram at Facebook, Google Plus, Twitter, all over the socials. So just search for Practical Base and and do get in touch with us there. Um, Dave, what are we going to talk about today? Today we're chatting about pedal of the metal, pedal meddling, pedal meddling, pedal meddling, meddling with pedals, pedal madness. <laughs> it is a madness. Pedals, 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 and more pedals. I feel like I should have delay on that. When, when I do your voice, pedals, pedals, pedals. Like, do you remember like when we were kids, yes. it was like Budweiser's world of wheels, 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 wheels. It was like the, um, when TVs were big time, like you would go to your local TV shop. We've got TVs and TVs and TVs. Right. <laughs> and they would do like a cheesy video effect of them. Like, the, right. The, the screen that matched the, the reverb. Yeah. Yeah, with the TV. We've spent a lot of time talking about our childhood right now <laughs> in the podcast. I don't know if anybody's still with us. But yeah, we're definitely talking about pedals. Say yeah. pedals. Just say pedals one more time for me. Pedal. Yeah. Pedal to the metal. Anyway. Uh yeah, we're gonna talk about pedals. I think uh Dave and I have been talking back and forth, I think, mm -hmm. about different ways of putting together a pedal board and you know the flexibility versus convenience aspects. And so we really thought about it and, and said, really it boils down to, you know, what mode you like to operate in. And, you know, Dave, what, what mm -hmm. mode are you operating in now as far as pedals go? I mean, I'm in like the uh, individual pedal mode for me. Like you're picking up all sorts of pedals because I've like, yeah. you've like in the time between we ended season one right. and started this season of the podcast. It got a little crazy. You got into pedal fever. Like, <laughs> a little pedal fever. You, you caught the pedal fever. Like I have a pedal board now. Yeah. Awesome. Like a real pedal board. Like a real guitarist. I'm I'm really I'm actually really jealous because I was like a I was like a no effects guy for so long. Mm -hmm. Where I mean Literally, I played in bands where it was literally, I ran my bass into an amp. Boom. That was it. Yeah. No compression, no overdrive, yep. no nothing. I mean, it was, that was it. Which is cool too. Like, and I respect that. That's there the was, thing for me. Like, there I was love a coolness. That. There was a coolness. There was a coolness about it in that 
it did, you know, not using a compressor, for example, like that mm -hmm. really forced me to, it forced me to take it on myself to play evenly because mm -hmm. little variations or big variations, yep. like they would be even bigger on stage. That's right. And so learning to play consistently, that helped. But on the other hand, oh my gosh, what, what I wouldn't have given to, you know, go back to my very young days and have taught myself a little bit about like, oh yeah, kicking a, kicking a little distortion here, a little overdrive and see where it takes this, mm. you know, this chorus and this song or whatever. Yeah. But you're starting to get into that, right? Like what, so, I mean, what's on your pedal board now? What is on your pedal board? I feel uh, like we should have a, if we had a video tour, we could do that. But what do you have on there now? Now, no, like I, I know, you know, I've been on the internet. I know people get crazy, but let me see. I've got a little note sheet here. It's in my pocket. Dave I need, is I need a note sheet. He's literally fishing in his pocket here in the studio. <laughs> that's good. You're doing that right by the mic to catch it. That's yes, awesome. That's my note sheet. <laughs> that is just be, I just wanted to be noted. We do not have a Foley crew. That was literally Dave doing that on the mic. Yeah. I don't know if anybody knows what Foley is, but yeah. That's an effect pedal right there. Yeah. <laughs> that's called paper being unfolded and flattened out. I love it. I love it. Is that that's a new piece. Mm -hmm. It's like a John Cage piece. Yeah. <laughs> All right, go ahead. So what do you have? So what do you have, goes, Maestro? It goes from, um, which is all actually like a lot of this is kind of how it grew yeah. into like the whole pedal board thing. Yeah. But it did start with just the tuner. Yeah. Right. Like the tuner compressor or the tuner became like key. That was just I your could, thing. Like, okay, I have I a could, tuner that I plug into. Yep. And, and I could pedal. mute it. And it's yeah. a pedal, right? And you and have one of the, the one that you have is it one? It's one of those cool like poly tunes. The, yep, it's right? a yeah the polychromatic yeah. TC, and it's great. Once pedal. you get to use them and you get used to it, it's super nice, right? Because, They're great like, pedals. It's fast. It's quick. Yeah, it mutes. Love it. Um, and then I jump right from that into like a um a compressor. Yeah. So I I use like an Aguilar compressor, which. Also a great pedal. Yeah. The Aguilar compressor. Sometimes like on stage, I do have to change it a bit, like depending, yeah. but very rarely. Most of everything that I have kind of stays yeah. in its own position where, where yeah. it needs to be from the And start. that's one of those, like, that's a multi-knob. Like right. it has like five or six knobs at the five knobs, I think. Four, at least. four, and then, yeah, four. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. But, it has, but it has multi, so like you can set the attack and, mm -hmm. all that. and the just ratios a, and all that. Yeah. And a note to our listeners, if you're interested purely in a compressor which i would say is like a mm -hmm. you know i would i couldn't have told you this in my young days as a bassist but now i can tell you it's absolutely one of the tools that is fantastic for a bass player to have yeah it just gives so much to your tone it gives you that beautiful sweet smoothness that you hear all these amazing players on yeah. tv like i love that guy on live at daryl's house right Love that guy. Yes, I, I wish I knew his name, and I feel bad that I don't have it at my. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, but yep, yeah, that guy. He, I love his tone, and I love the way he's dialed in. Like his compression on that, on that, on his tone is just mm -hmm. gorgeous. Yep. But anyway, if people are interested, we did a whole show about compressors last season. Go back to season one and check out our our compressor episode because we'll tell you how compressors work and. Yep. how you can set them. But anyway, go ahead, Dave. I'm sorry I interrupted. No, it's great. So the Aguilar compressor, a great pedal. So from there, then I go to um, 
I, I go to an um, another pedal that's like it's from a company called Team Awesome called. Uh, and the pedal is called Small Sound. Big Are they sound. literally called Team Awesome? Yeah, it's one of those like boutique. I don't even know how it ended up. Yeah. I, I know how it ended up on my board. I'm pretty sure I I owe somebody some money. <laughs> like, Did you I'm, steal that pedal, dude? No, I, it was a it was a uh, it, it was a loaner from from my guitarist, and oh, he's, okay. Okay. he's amazing at pedals. Yeah, yeah. And he said, "This one you have to have." He's kind of a wizard, and he was right. And the reason is because it's a fuzz pedal, yeah, right? Yeah. But what it does is it drives, um, it has a really nice, like, dry bass that can come yeah. through at the same time. Yeah. So it doesn't just, like, so you can mix, it like, bottom the out. signal has, like, some of your, the un, the unprocessed signal in it. Yeah. Too. So I can yeah. still, like, once I hit it, it'll still, like, punch. You get the low But punch. I got my bottom. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't, it doesn't bottom out. Yeah. What basis wants to bottom out? <laughs> well, that's um, a big thing, right? I mean, like, you know, people talk, the, the thing about pedals when you're a bass player is that often you are looking for like the low fundamentals mm-hmm. to come through right. without being mushy. And if you yeah. add a bunch of distortion stuff, now it's not to say that that isn't a cool sound. It is. But in a lot of situations, you want the low to be in there, but you also want like your top end to get gnarly. Right. Like you want the high end of your of your sound to get that kind of crunch or, yeah. or fuzz or whatever, but the low still to come through cleanly so that people can hear that note as well. Yeah. And I, like, so my learning curve with all this is like, especially when you're live, right? You, if you drop the bottom out, yeah, it becomes very obvious. Yeah. Like all of a sudden you disappear from the mix. Yes. Right? Yes, exactly. At the same time, the other learning lesson for me is that you need to go, um, more wet than what you would normally practice with. Right. Because if not, it's not noticeable. Right. So it's like this weird balance. Yes. Of like keeping the bottom, but also like yeah. being a oh, little bit dramatic about it. Super observant. Yes. Right. So out of that. So I'm, you got this fuzz. So now we've got the tuner, we've got the we've got yep. the compressor and the fuzz. And then the fuzz. Um now this doesn't go hand in hand. I don't know why it goes here, but then I put in a phaser. Yeah, and it's a it's a cheap phaser that I traded some piece of equipment. It's like yeah. a a Dano Electro phaser. Yeah. yeah, it's like very plasticky, but it's perfect. It's got one knob on it. Yeah, super easy. When I'm using that, I'm only using that. I'm not using anything else other than compression in that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's just to give me, you know, it works. I feel like I I could I want to do more with it, but for now it works. But normally I don't have that on, yeah. and then I um, and I use that. I replace that with a um, with a, or rather, I replaced a chorus pedal with that. Yeah, because I was trying the two on my pedal board. Yeah, and I like the phaser effect better than the chorus. Right, for me. Yeah, it's yeah. just like it sounded yeah. a little bit more dramatic. Yeah, yeah, right? definitely. Um, so then it loops into um, then my two. I don't know why there's two, but two um, octavers. So an yeah. OC three, yes, and then yes. and then a, a micro pog. Yeah, right. I love so they that they do they both are like octavers, but they work totally. They're totally right. different. Right, right. Like, do you the, ever use them in tandem? I don't. Um, like, so I, you I, have I, one selected to get one kind of sound and one for another kind of. Yeah, sound. Yeah, some songs Which I is want. Totally, like, right. that's totally valid. Yeah. 
and then and I can push. Um, so then, I, but I will like when I want it aggressive, I'll push the like the fuzz uh-huh. and have that push the octave. Pedals. Oh yeah, so that you get like a little more roots in the um in the octave. Yes. Yeah. Now some guys will actually like swap it. Mm-hmm. They'll have the octave and then the fuzz. And fuzz both of them. Yeah. Yeah. Like fuzz both the the notes coming out at that point. Right. Yep. And it's it's just to me it's you know it's a taste and I'm sure there's yeah. there are people out there that are gonna say which is better which yeah. is worse or whatever but. I I've I've flipped them back and forth yeah. and I kind of like the fuzz going first and But that's it, the thing like that's the great thing about having that pedal setup that you have is like you know with, with separate pedals the whole point of them is that you have unlimited creativity in terms of the sound that you right. want to achieve Right there's no right or wrong Yep right I mean I think there are some you know maybe there are some basic rules that people may use sure. from time to time Yep like I think putting the tuner first, like you're doing, is a smart move because you're getting like an a, a clean signal from your bass, right? Right, but uh, without any other stuff in it. But after that, it's like, yeah, there are some things that people would say, hey, maybe put this first, maybe put the second. But you pretty much, it's the limit of your imagination, right? Like you could route things to multiple places and then mix them back together with another either another pedal right. or even a mini mixer or something like yeah. that because you can even get into where you're um where you're routing two different yeah. signals yeah yeah right yep where like one or goes more. out one way or, or more i've seen people do more yes yeah yep absolutely but for me like this is this is like a you know it's a simple player like this is pretty complex for me yeah and i enjoy it you know there are upsides and downsides but i've you know i like it it's a it's become a new facet of of the instrument for me. I I think that's I think that's great. It, it's yeah. great. The yeah, I mean I the 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 one thing I think that I have to get back to developing is my the gear on the floor, mm-hmm. right? Um that's where I've kind of been stuck in a bit of a rut over the years. And to be honest, I think, you know, it probably works for a lot of the gigs that I do. Um, you know, the gigs I do mm-hmm. like are primarily different, either one of them is different kind of cover bands and the other one are singer songwriter, probably in like that, I don't know what you call it, like triple A sort of vein, right. right? Amy Manns, Sean Colvin, you know, the, those, those types of artists. And, you know, typically mm. they may be looking for something that's a little understated. Right. Um, that being said, I have been using forever now, I've been using a multi-pedal. Right. Um, I've got this Line 6 Bass Pod XT that I've had, I mean, I I think over 12 years now, maybe more. Yeah. Um, I bought it not too long after it came out, I'm pretty sure. I think I bought it used, uh, but not too used, right? Maybe it was a year after they were first introduced. I don't know exactly how long ago that was, but it's long enough now that I'm worried that it's going to crap out on me one day. (laughs) And, and, you know, it's, it's a nice thing to have because it's like, it's one thing I bring it. Yep. It has an in and an out. It's got a tuner built in. It's got a nice compressor built in there. Like the, it's got an optical, uh, like LA two A style. Yeah. 
compressor model built into it and everything in it is modeled, right? And there's a whole bunch of different gizmos that are built into it right. that I use for different things like But it's and it's line yeah. 6, right? Yeah, so it's So line great. 6 is like super they're good at that and yeah, that's their like, yeah. Their so when water. I when I saw it um because when we were prepping for this you you'd actually like pulled it out of its bag and I took like a close look at it. This thing is like a machine. It's awesome. It's a machine. It's like it's like a tank. It's a tank. I mean, that's that, that I've I dragged love. that like to gigs for literally you know those ten or twelve years. Yeah, this is not like this thing sat in a closet. It goes out to most gigs that I play. This is not a toy. It, this is like a serious piece of machinery, yeah. Yeah. and it's and, awesome. And it, but it's not even like the technology in it is not that new. Like it is right. It does sound great. Uh it's like a you know 24 bit and yeah. you know it has it it's a great sound but it's not like the high definition quality that they make now mm-hmm. 12 years later or however many years later right nowadays the problem is the f- all in one units that they make that line 6 makes which I, i'm very partial to them i'm not mm-hmm. going to lie i yeah. i would heartily endorse them because i've yeah. been using gear by them since uh my God, I can't even, I can't even remember when I didn't have Line Six gear. Like, yeah, probably the year two thousand, two thousand one. I think I've probably had stuff by them, yep. and it never fails to deliver. The sound is fantastic, but the problem is, like, so their their units that they have now are very expensive. Now they are phenomenal, and nowadays some of those things like the Helix right. line that they have now which actually works for bass or guitar. You can put all like they, they have all of the stuff that you need for either one built in nowadays. And that's great. And you can rearrange all the pedals in any order. Like you can be as creative as a real pedal Mm -hmm. board. Now mine doesn't do that with mine. Everything's going to go in a specific order, right? Right. You're going to get your, your compressor is up pretty early. Uh, You get some, uh, there's some, there's like, uh, uh, a, a, you know, uh, 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 EQ, mm-hmm. EQ and tone control. There's like a pre and a post that you can do. You can set. Is, is it kind EQ of like, post. is it kind of like, um, you know, I have like, uh, the, some of like the digital stuff for, for line six, right? Yeah. I've used it in the past at least. Yeah. And it's like, it gives you a bunch of different choices for each level. Yes, yeah. And they're all amazing. Yeah, you've got like, so there's a thing you can do like, okay, here's where you could do some distortion or some Mm -hmm. fuzz or this or that and the other. Right. Here's a slot where you can have modulation. So you could have a chorus or you could have a phaser or you could have, you know, some other like a mutron or some other like an envelope filter or whatever, some wacky thing. And then you've got like, uh, oh, and then there's a... Uh, you know, so you put in like an octaver or something like that. Right. You get like slots that you can put those things that those things in, but there's only like four or five slots total. Right. And then there's like a pre or post EQ that you can set as well to like yep. just tune it up a bit. And you know, there's a level control and mix controls for all of these various things. Right. So you can just determine again, like you said, how much of that effect do you want versus the dry yep. bass signal? And you can do that all the way down, which is great. You know, I have no complaints about this unit whatsoever. Yeah. It's got, and it's got a pedal on it too. Right. With, with a wah, which is amazing to with have a wah. bass wah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are all things. And it's super convenient, mm-hmm. right? But 
the things that you get in it are the only things that you're ever going to have in, right. the, in the unit that I have. And I think nowadays they make them, they're much more software controlled mm-hmm. where you can get all, like you could download all sorts of new right. things for them, like new patches, new sounds, whatever the case may be. They're a lot more uh, friendly mm-hmm. to the computer control aspect. Right. So I would say the one thing that I have is like, it's convenient because I I have the flexibility of like 50 of the world's greatest yep. effects pedals at my feet. And I can choose like any four or five of them that I want for any patch that's on it. And I can quickly switch between them and have them all there. Yeah. Right. But, but I have limitations, right? And the limitations are again, in that kind of the ordering and, you know, there's, there's no sense of like splitting signal or anything like that mm-hmm. on the one that I have. Again, these units that you can get nowadays, you could do all those things, but they cost like fifteen hundred or two thousand dollars, right? And that is an awful lot. You can buy a lot of pedals for that much money. Sure. And part of the thing, like if you really, part of the thing is that if you start to dive into the pedal world, is that there, there. There are just so many manufacturers out there. Yeah. So many cool little companies that are popping up that are figuring things out. Yeah. That are putting out things and even some of the guitar pedals cross over into the bass world. Yeah. That seem to work. Yeah. Right. And you don't know until it gets tested out or whatever. So that part is cool. But what's ironic here is that actually what you have is probably more of a Dave tool it's odd right? like an, like it an is all odd because, yeah because we always talk about how like you're mr simplicity yeah you're like super zen about that right like if my pedals could be in my amp and i just had four buttons <laughs> then that would be my thing that would be your thing but yeah. instead for some reason this this is the yeah. one that like you know that's the thing that where makes you've gone crazy that makes me you know yeah like eccentric in my collection so what about the thing about like like matching levels like the the way that I understand separates and this is again mm-hmm. this is something I feel like I don't really have as much knowledge here about mm-hmm. about pedals like do you have to be do you have to be careful when you're like setting output levels so that you're kind of gain matching from you know pedal mm-hmm. 1 to pedal 2 yeah. that you're not like blowing pedal 2's input into like you're not frying it or something like distorting the sound going into it yeah i mean i think in like in general for my usage of it there um i'm not using more than two pedals at a time right like it's not like i have the guitar pedal board where there's like 15 pedals yeah and i have like three or four where like there's volume issues yeah Right. The most that I'm doing would be like the fuzz and the octaver. Yeah. Yeah. So I do have to spend time and kind of understand how one impacts the other. Right. Right. Because it can be, it can get weird. Yeah. So at home, what you're doing is you're kind of like, you're setting your pedal board up mm-hmm. and then you're going to spend some time saying, okay, I kick this pedal in. I'm not looking for things to get super louder right just looking for it to gain this new 
quality of the sound. That I'm Different aspect of the sound, right. Yeah. If, Which I, is, yeah. if I want the drive, okay, yeah, then intentionally, then I have to know that. And I kind of, maybe yeah. I take too much time to do that, but I'll I'll run through like whatever gig I'm playing. I'm kind at of home, running through the no set. there's no such thing. I mean, I would say at home, there's no such oh, thing. Yeah. You're, you're like, that's where you should be doing that. Right. Right? Not exactly. on stage. Not on stage. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of like run through Good the whole you. thing to see where, like how the, how one flows into another just to make sure that it's not like crazy. Yeah. And then this is the for me like in my uh my like approach of simplicity the the challenge with pedals is that the knobs move. Yeah. Yeah. It's a downside, right? Like they move. Yeah. Every time you pack them, every time you look at them, they move. Yeah. So, so you show up at the gig, you're never going to get your exact, Yeah, here's how it was set up when I left, but here's how it's set up now. Yeah. So you either have to have like right where you set them, like some people will put like nail polish, like white nail polish. Oh or, yeah. Yeah. The thing where you like, here's where I know the mm-hmm. output of this pedal needs to yep. be set so that I'm not overdriving the next pedal. Or here's where my favorite, yeah. here's my favorite compressor setting. Like, right. Here's where this knob is. Here's where that knob is. Yeah. Unfortunately yeah. for me, it changes. Like, so I've, I don't want to set it firmly. So I've just been kind of memorizing just like we do yeah. anything else with yeah. our instrument, right? We yeah. just kind of get to know where those knobs need to be. Right. So the first thing I do like at a gig is I set it down and then I just look at it like pedal by pedal kind of holistically, like where, yeah. where does everything need to be? And then when I do my sound check, part of my sound check yeah. Is each individual pedal one right after another, yeah. kind of the way that the songs go, just to make sure that nothing's like screaming out or like right. getting crazy. Yeah. But yes, it takes more work that way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's something to factor in. Yeah. And I found that, you know, with the multis, that doesn't really change. The Right. So because it's smart. Yeah. The idea of like gain the gain matching thing is something that I don't really have to worry about. In in the digital realm, right? Where you have a multi-effect pedal like that that's modeling. It's normally, you know, this is all done in the digital realm. And so they're kind of like they they've got a pretty good idea of like uh, of some of gain matching that's done in between. So you don't really Mm -hmm. run the risk of like blowing up your next effect. Yep. You do have to worry about overall volume, right? Mm -hmm. Like after you start piling up a bunch of those effects, you may find that your volume then needs to be regulated a bit. Like you may have to bring the the overall volume for this patch down because you've applied right. a bunch of effects to it. You don't have to worry about like one effect, like toasting the next one right. out of right. kilter, but you have to worry about the entire chain yeah. at some point. Like, oh, this whole chain needs to have its, you know, the, the volume taken down a bit right. for whatever reason. And, it's not too hard to do, but it's on the other hand, there are probably things that you can do with those game matching, like not playing it as safe. There's probably some things that can be right. done that way that you're not going to get, you know, in a multi pedal. Right. At the same time. Right. Yeah. Like that's, that's kind of the the other thing. And, and overall that's like kind of, that's what you're getting. Those are the differences, yeah. right? Like you're yeah. getting the, the manipulation. Right. Right. Now, do you have to, how do you deal with the the power situation, right? Because 
at a certain, after a certain number of pedals, like you need to have a power supply that's going to take care of that. I'm assuming, yeah. like, of course, somebody could do for a lot of these pedals, you can stick batteries in them mm-hmm. and hope for the best. Personally, I don't know, maybe this is just me, but I would be absolutely terrified that batteries are going to go bad in something, mm-hmm. and I don't know which one it is oh, yeah. out of these seven things. Yeah. Right. Power is an issue. So do you do, do you do a power, you do a, a plug for all of yours? Um, yeah. I mean, I figured out, um, I mean, I made my own board and it's in a nice little case that I've got at a vintage shop or whatever. It's all nice and tidy, but I'm just right now. Um, so I'm, I'm just daisy chaining yeah. power. Yeah. Which there's an issue. I haven't gotten there yet. There's yeah. an issue in there. Because there's one pedal yeah. that will like sometimes not work, Ooh. and then I have to like unplug it and then plug it, and then it'll work for the rest of the night. But it's telling me that there's something, there's a power supply yeah, issue. That well, yeah, either that or the pedal itself may have. There may be something with that that needs to be looked yeah, at. And it was new, which I don't want that to be the case. Yeah, but it could well, be that. Well, it can be like some pedals are going to draw more power than others, mm-hmm. right? And your power supply has a certain rating. Like it's right. going to deliver a certain amount of amperage. Right. And each pedal in line is going to be drawing some amps. Yeah. Right. So, and there's probably a calculation. Oh man, I feel, I feel, I feel like I underprepared this week. Mm-hmm. I think the old me last season would have looked this up and had a formula all worked out. Because you know, there are like, there's like pedal, like, they're different. There are different, like there are different levels of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you can buy different levels of those power adapters. Right. Right. My bet is that you probably want to err on the side of, you know, don't get the one that supports right up to the amperage that you're drawing, right. but like maybe yep. 1.3 or 1.5 times that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you're going to be pumping, you know, necessarily more, you know just means it could support it. Yeah. Yeah. You, you need to be able to support the, yeah. So, I mean, you're going to be drawing some current on everything that's on that line. Yep. Right? It's the same way that you have like a 15 amp breaker in your house. Right. right. And if you plug too many things in, the breaker is going to trip. Right. And in the same way, if you're running right up to the line on your pedals, on your board, you could have problems. Like the whole thing could drop out. One or more pedals yeah. could drop out. And that's the reason why, like those, the power, what do you call them? The, the little spots, like yeah. the, you can only get six or eight daisy chain yeah. pieces. They only give you, yeah, they only give you so many plugs. And then after that, yeah. they're just like, bro, don't. Yeah, don't do this. Don't. <laughs> get it. You've in, already, yeah. you've already pushed it too far. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You need to like get another brick at that point. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, I think the key is that you need, you know, definitely buy with some room to grow. And and my my guitarist is now his pedals are getting to a point where he has another like a rack unit. Yeah. That's like conditioning all this stuff and like getting you to a point where like that's new since the lo- I literally saw you guys like 3 or 4 weeks ago and already he's like he's built it up even more. He he's in a he's in group therapy. Yeah. Yeah. He's working through he is very his pedal acqu- situation. He is acquisitive is what <laughs> we would call him. He's very acquisitive. But yeah, power supply is something you need to consider. It is yeah. like 
it's a whole nother aspect of it. it yeah. Everything gets more complex. You have like cables, you have to like wire them through. Yeah. Like everything gets more and, complicated. And, and, yeah. And you've got to like what the cabling that you choose, like that also matters. Mm-hmm. Like, do you have a specific, like, are you go after a specific brand for your cable connectors? Because there's so many of them right yeah. now for me. I'm just not, um, I'm just getting like middle of the road. There was, I can't remember what movie it was. Maybe it was a TV show, but the, I think it was a woman that was like ordering wine and she said, I don't want your cheapest wine, but I want your second cheapest wine. <laughs> I don't want the cheapest patch cable. I want the second cheapest patch cable. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. 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 I, I think you know, the thing with patch cables like that is you, you have to, you have to judge by like how hard you are on your equipment. Right. Like if you tend to be very easy on your equipment, you don't move around mm-hmm. things very much. You don't plug and unplug things very much. You're probably going to be able to get away with something that's a little more standard. If you are a person who is harder on their equipment, like you play around with your pedals a lot, you're always plugging and unplugging things. Right. Maybe you're harder on them at gigs, like you're always stomping all over the pedal board and you occasionally miss and mm-hmm. like hit your foot against the cables. Maybe you need something more rugged. Yeah. You know? the, the ones, uh, my nicer patch cables, they're like, they're fender, but they're also like the ones that have kind of like a, um, like a braided. Right thing around yeah. it right yeah. they're just more kind of like malleable more you can flexible yeah yeah that's just the ones going into my compressor and my um tuner and only yeah. because those two will come off right of my board off to go on. other places everything yeah. else is kind of staying on there yeah. and wise I'll, move yeah wise move yeah for sure yeah and so you know once again th- here's an this is an area so we talked about a lot of areas where i feel like I am an apologist for the the multi effects board, but I would say here's one of the areas where the multi effects board comes out ahead because you don't need to worry about all that cabling, yeah, and maintaining it. And it's not just maintaining it, but when it goes bad on stage and you have to like quickly mm-hmm. sort through where is the problem, and you have five pedals and you're trying to discover which connection is going bad. It oh. is a terrible feeling on stage. Yeah. You know that one like drop of sweat? Yeah. The yeah. one that comes down from like the hairline yeah. down to the eye, eyebrow and then like just circles around the eye and yeah. it drops down. That's the one. That's the one That's where you're like, you I have no idea. Yeah. I, and I think with the multi-effect, the only thing I have to fear is fear itself. No, right. it's not fear itself. It is that the whole board dies, right? right? Okay. Well, if that dies yes i'm going to be losing my tuner and my compressor mm. and i'm going to yank one cable yep. you know throw it into the you know throw it directly into the yep. amp. or in my That's case right. right a lot of times what i'm doing is i'm running mine in an effects loop from my amp and right. so all i do is i'll go I'll to the back it off yeah pull out the return the effects return so that basically i'm just running direct into the amp and yeah. the effects loop is being ignored at that point and then Go for it and play. Oh, and the and best part of with it, and the best part of all that is that, like, at the end of the day, we're bassists, right? Yeah, yeah. Which means, like, really, even though I have all these like cool effects, I maybe use like one effect for two songs. Yeah, and another effect for another two songs, 
And it's all optional. But it's it's great to have them. Like to have it's them cool. as part of your sonic palette, to have those effects is really cool. And they are there are people who will turn those into, you know, artistry. Sure. Like the sounds that they get. So it is yeah. really worth exploring yeah. different sounds. I mean, even if you think about like um like Jocko used the heck out of yeah. a chorus pedal. Yeah. I mean Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And he just screamed it. Like yeah. he, you know. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Said it be, it was beautiful. It yeah. was like it was like a bird taking flight. Right. So yeah, yeah I mean it, I, I guess if you wanted to boil this whole conversation down, it really is like, okay, the on the pedal board side, big points for flexibility and creativity, right? Right. On the multi effects side, uh all, you get big points for convenience and right. ease of use, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that's really the balance between them. And then I think where neither one of them really comes in, I thought that we would be able to make some case for price, but here's the thing. You can pay a lot no matter mm. which way you go. You can oh, get yeah. really into pedal fever or you can buy into expensive, flexible pedals in the multi-realm and... Yeah. Either way, like the sky's the limit. Oh yeah, because we talked about this too when we were thinking about this. Was the uh, the bug you get when you yeah. can just buy one pedal for a hundred? Oh yeah, and another that's one the thing. for a hundred. Yeah. and then there's one cool boutique one for like three fifty. Right. Oh, you like, can get that because it's special, like for a gift. Yeah, and then you go back to buying like just hundred dollar hundred dollar ones. Yeah. Next thing you know. It's an it's another now you have ten pedals and you spent it, like fifteen hundred dollars. It's another sport that you have to pay for. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But you know, it's all part of the it's all part of the it's creative love. life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Well, so that's that's a good place to stop for today. Uh, we hope you guys have enjoyed this chat about pedals, about the multi effects versus uh, the component pedals. Uh, we certainly uh, embrace both points of view we, we embrace all kinds of gear we hope that whichever kind you're using that you're enjoying it to the fullest extent we hope that you're using it to boost your creativity and that you're thinking of new and interesting ways to use that gear each week dave and i will be here presenting a topic uh, of interest to you and, and trying to take it apart and help you understand how to bring your gigs and gear to the next level we really want you to get in touch with us uh, we'd love to share this as a conversation between us and you the bass playing community and we hope that you'll share this podcast with your friends who are musicians as well not just bass players we hope that some of this speaks to them and helps them understand your role but also maybe help understand something about uh, the larger uh, the larger pieces that go together to form musical units um you can reach us very easily on our website at practicalbase.com, especially by emailing us at podcast at practicalbase.com. But you can also reach us on social media, Facebook, Google Plus, Instagram, Twitter. We're all over the socials. We'd love to hear ideas from you for future shows. Most importantly, though, we hope that you will subscribe. And it's very easy to do that if you have Apple Podcasts on your iPhone or iTunes on your Mac OS device whether you have Google Play Music or Stitcher Radio or any one of a number of other podcatching apps out there, simply search for Practical Bass. And when you see our black and white logo, just hit subscribe and you'll get a fresh episode delivered to you every week. Absolutely free. We are free now and always because that's how we like to roll. Spread the knowledge for free. 
And uh, we hope you'll subscribe and we hope you'll share. And most importantly, we hope you'll be back next week. And until then, I'm Paul Freels. And I'm Dave Guzman. This has been Practical Base. Thanks for listening. have more salad days yeah i ran out my salad days are over salad days are over (laughs) (laughs) that is a line that is a line my salad days are over salad days are over yeah where's that from i'm sure that's been in i know i've heard that in a song or did or did we just make it up no i'm certain i've heard that in a maybe we just made it up no. no, I'm sure. <laughs> no. no, I'm sure that's in a song. I'll, I'll know it by the time you I get back. Feel, I know it's, it's it's dinging me somewhere. <laughs>